This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. One of the most powerful strategies for any marketing firm has absolutely nothing to do with their own product. Analysts are able to show beyond a shadow of a doubt that the power of viral marketing is far more convincing than simply promoting the good features of your own product. With viral marketing, there is also an added benefit. Free outreach. By simply showing one person the viral advertising, that same person will spread it to others and to others and to others. Often, like spreading rumors, the advertising actually gets better the further it goes. Mostly what we see as viral advertising is comical ads. Many of the commercials that we listen to on the radio or that we see on the television have very little to do with the product itself. But they are captivating with their funny scripts or their situational comedy. But you see, this type of promotion is nothing new. And funny advertising is not the most powerful. Since Martin Luther's use of the newly invented printing methods, man has realized that religious material is very, very powerful and very wide-reaching. Were Martin Luther to have simply stood on a street corner promoting his message of reformation, the Catholic Church would have likely shut him down. But what actually happened is much different. He succeeded through the power of many. And believe it or not, William Branham tried to employ this strategy. The recorded tapes were his newly invented media. The advertising, the content itself, was not self-promotion, at least until the latter part of his ministry. But the content, the media, the part of his ministry that he recorded on tape actually was pointing to himself. And like the many new viral ads of today, the message itself was not the full focus. Instead, like Martin Luther, the focus of the marketing campaign was to turn the hearts and minds against his competition, which in turn would bring self-promotion. And this was no small undertaking. 
when you're speaking to an audience of Christians, especially Reformed Christians, any marketing campaign to turn audience against the competition would fail. You see, God cannot be turned against God. So how could William Branham accomplish this great feat? This seems impossible. The solution is to turn the Christians against the fundamental beliefs of his competition. You might think that this would start with doctrinal beliefs or with hidden mysteries in the Bible or even the interpretation of Scripture, but William Branham was much, much smarter than that. He started at the very root of mankind. William Branham attacked beauty. The world that God created is very beautiful. From the mountains to the rivers and the streams, the sandy beaches with palm trees swaying in the wind, to the snow-capped arctics. The world that God created, the one that William Branham called Satan's Eden, is absolutely stunning in beauty. David even mentions the beautiful splendor of the world all throughout his Psalms, especially when he's speaking of Mount Zion. Of Mount Zion, he says, beautiful in elevation is the joy of all the earth, Mount Zion in the far north, the city of the great king, Psalms 48.2. But William Branham started spreading viral advertising that the world we lived in, the one that he called Satan's Eden, was because Lucifer created it to be beautiful. He says this in 1950, remember the beauty of the eye is what Satan does what Satan does. He says, in the beginning, he says, way back in the beginning, he tried to make a better place than what Michael had. Now remember, he falsely taught that Michael the archangel was Jesus Christ. So it's kind of funny here. He says, down he came, way down into Cain. He tried to do the same thing, yet he offered God a sacrifice. He done the same thing that Abel did, but without the blood. True. That part is true. And he left the first part of his nonsense off, this statement actually would make sense. But he says, remember, beauty of the eye is what Satan does. Many of you would argue that William Branham was speaking mostly about the women as he spread his gospel of ugliness, but his marketing campaign included slaughtering the beauty of women of the earth, but it also included Jesus Christ. I said Jesus Christ. William Branham promoted the idea that Jesus Christ was ugly. He says in 1950, Resurrection of Lazarus, he says, look at him. The Bible said there's no beauty that we should desire him. Old, little old spindly looking fellow, probably was skinny and bony, but I can see him pull his little self together and said I'm the resurrection and life. Now, Branham is referring to Isaiah 53.2. But like many other scriptures that William Branham used, he's taking a single verse out of context and twisting its meaning to fit his own agenda, his own marketing. Isaiah is writing about the coming Messiah. And in context, if you read the whole thing, not just that little bit that William Branham snipped out, he says that, Christ is going to slip in among the people. He's going to grow up as one of them. 
to show that Christ was going to slip in like this without being observed as the God that he is, Isaiah uses the example of a plant. He will grow up among the other plants, growing of the same root out of the dry ground. This plant, Christ, will not be any different than the other plants. It will not bear any flowers that the other plants do not bear. He says, for we grew up for he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no former majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He's nothing special. He's one of them. He, he grew up as a Jew among Jews. Do we really think that it is not blasphemous to call the Christ a spindly-looking fellow? Ask yourselves this. If you were to stand up in your church and give your testimony and say, I believe that spindly-looking fellow saved me, would they not kick you out of the door of the place? Yet this is the man that everybody is following, two million people worldwide, who calls Jesus Christ a spindly-looking fellow. And this is just one of the many insults that William Branham uses against Christ. Insults. It's almost like he's trying to start an argument with the Messiah himself. When he promoted the idea that God could, could not create anything beautiful, Branham also used subliminal messages embedded in this marketing campaign. Look at the title of the sermons. Read the titles one by one by one and tell me you don't see it. He would title his sermons with self-promoting names. Take this one, for instance, United Under One Head. And in the sermon in 1958 entitled, United Under One Head, tell me that's not like John Alexander Dowie, William Branham says this, it was Satan's idea to create a better and more prettier kingdom than Michael's. Again, he refers to Michael as Jesus Christ. He says, beauty was the downfall to begin with, and the devil has used that ever since. What a thing it is today to see that the kingdom of the devil is made so pretty, and a lot of people fall for it. And worse, the flower, the flower of Satan's beautiful kingdom, according to William Branham, is women. He says, 1964, you know, in every life there is, the male is the prettiest of, of the race, except the human race. He says, take the bird, the cow, a bunch of cattle, which is the prettiest, the old crumpled up horn cow or the big bull. Take a deer, which is prettiest, the little doe or the buck. Take a bunch of elk. He goes on and on and on. He says, everything in the whole race, always the male is the prettiest, but the female to the human. Why? She caused the fall. He has directly argued with the Apostle Paul when he says that she, Eve, caused the fall. He says that Satan chose her right there. And then he says, and beauty is of the devil. And he screams it out like he has some authority in knowing that Satan picked Eve and Eve was the chosen one to cause the beautiful nation that we see today the beautiful trees, the beautiful flowers. 
This is one of the most damaging concepts that William Branham ever produced. And it's at the very, very root of his theology, the root of it. To think that all that he did, all that he said, all that he condemned of God's wonderful creation, just to promote himself, it actually angers me. To promote the ugly world of Michael, who he claimed to be Jesus Christ, Branham had to deny every single scripture that talked about beauty. And he had to leave out entire books of the Bible to support this theology in his ministry. Ask yourselves this, how many sermons have you heard from the book of Esther? The beautiful woman who adorned herself with beautiful clothes, with cosmetics, with scented oils, just to please her king. And this is an excellent book. She was a type of the Bride of Christ who is to present herself beautiful for her coming king, Jesus Christ. Yet this type, this entire book, because it did not go along with this theology of ugliness, was almost completely left out of his entire message just for this marketing campaign. Even Abraham Sarah was beautiful. Was she part of Satan's Eden? Genesis 12:11 says, when he was about to enter Egypt, he said to Sarah, his wife, I know that you are a woman beautiful in appearance. Is that the root of Michael the archangel <laughs> who had the, <laughs> the gospel of ugliness? Or was this the one that he says Lucifer who created beauty? The, it just does not make sense. You have to leave out these portions of the Bible. Later on, the scripture says, when Abraham entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful. Genesis 29, it says that Rachel was beautiful, and not just her appearance. It specifically mentions her shape. She was an incredibly beautiful woman. It says, Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. And we can't forget David who was so stunned by the beauty of Bathsheba. It was the bloodlines of David and Bathsheba that brought the Christ child. 2 Samuel 11 says, It happened late at one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house that he saw from the roof a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. Now, do you think David stood there on the roof house and beat his chest like this and says, Beauty is of the devil! Or do you think he looked at Bathsheba and said, Wow, that's a beautiful woman. All throughout the, the scriptures, we find that God's creation, men and women in it, and everything from the small bird to the great Mount Zion, it's all beautiful. We do not find beauty to be the root of all evil in the scriptures. If you read the scriptures for yourselves, you'll find that it's often pride and earthly possessions are the foundation to Satan's kingdom that is soon to fall. And Branham would often say that men were not as beautiful all throughout his marketing campaign, which is very, very strange when you consider what happened out in Prescott, Arizona. But even this is not true. Yes, to the eyes of other men, 
Of course, men should not look as beautiful, but what about to other women? Shouldn't they be attracted to the beauty of men? Or was Branham trying to promote a wonderful world of lesbianism? It is so unscriptural. The male and the female are all equal in God's sight. Even Moses, Paul says, at this time when Moses was born, he was beautiful in God's sight. Do you think Paul would have stood there and said, he was an ugly baby because that was a man. Had he been born a woman, seed of Satan, he would be a beautiful baby. No, Paul does not do this because Paul had no marketing campaign to try to unravel all the other teachings of all the other Christians. And using the beautiful things in the world to present yourself to be more beautiful is not an act of Satan like William Branham claimed. In fact, this is likely the reason that William Branham skipped the book of Esther in his marketing campaign. Esther 2.3 says this, And let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom to gather all the beautiful young virgins to the harem of Susa the citadel under the custody of Haggai, the king's eunuch, who is in charge of the women. Now here comes the one sentence that unravels about half of the tapes that William Branham recorded. The Bible says, let their cosmetics be given to them. How many preachers do you know that would stand behind a pulpit and stand there and say, let their cosmetics be given to them, to the people sitting in the pews? Even though it is a scripture, even though it is a verse out of the Bible, they would feel condemned in their hearts to read the scripture. And I'm sure that William Branham wished that the entire Bible spoke of women in this way, like Proverbs 11, it says, like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman without discretion. I'm sure that fit with his theology. But that's not the case. You have to read the entire Bible. You can't just snip out little verses like he did. Ecclesiastes 3, 10 through 12 says it best. And these three verses unravel William Branham's entire marketing campaign. Ecclesiastes says, he has made everything. Now he is talking about God, not Lucifer. He has made everything beautiful in its time. And also he has put eternity into man's heart so that he cannot find out what God has done from beginning to the end. It's time that the viral marketing campaign be changed. It's time that a new strategy be employed. Why don't we stand up and ask Voice of God Recordings to start promoting the Bible instead of this failing strategy of complete and utter nonsense? Write to them. See what they say.